0: Hello, I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Katie Sewell. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. And I want to warn you, leading into this, that this is going to be a hard episode for me to do. Uh, So I'm just going to put that there. So on Monday we talked about the times in your life when things change in an instant for the worse. And we really talked about little things. A hand injury kicked off the conversation. If you haven't heard it yet, you can check out episode number 473. But sometimes things really change for the worse in an instant. And shortly after we recorded Monday's episode, it did for me. It was as simple as a chime on the phone. We've all been there, maybe. Your phone chimes, you pick it up, you see what it says, and immediately your heart starts pounding. At least that's what happened to me. It's actually kind of pounding right now as I talk about this. I leapt to my feet and I read the message again and just as fast as i leapt up i sat down again it was a message from my friend's younger brother my friend jj's brother i've i've known i've known and been friends with jj for by my count 32 years And yes, that does mean that we were friends when we still didn't understand a lot of what the world was made of. That message, that simple message that showed up in that simple instant from JJ's much-beloved brother, read, I just learned this morning that JJ passed away in Bangkok. And I read that line over and over again because it was simply unbelievable it was impossible it still feels impossible to be honest and as his brother later wrote in an email reflection on JJ's life he wrote his passing does not seem real or fair and I cannot agree with that more so JJ was an expat who lived in Bangkok for some 20 years uh, he lived in a Thai neighborhood. He worked at a English language school for Thai students. And in the shock of this news, students from his last 20 years or so have been coming forward, many of them saying that he was the best teacher that they ever had. And it's so strange. I found it so strange how much you can learn about a friend's life, a friend you've known for so long, learn about their life and their gifts by losing them. And by seeing all the people, all the names that you don't recognize that share how much your friend meant to them or how much that person's life was changed by them. Over the last few days, I've thought a lot about how much he integrated into the community there and how much he influenced a place that he adopted as his own. But I also find myself turning his unexpected death over and over and over in my head as if it's some kind of riddle to be solved and that surely there is a way that we can go back and correct things. JJ appeared on this show a while back. He was at my house visiting and we got onto the topic of learning the Thai language and he laughed when I pulled out my equipment and put a microphone in his face but he let me interview him. And it's an interesting conversation that I want to play again now. Firstly, because it is so interesting. The way that he went about learning the Thai language is a different approach than I'd heard before. And secondly, I want to play it because there are a lot of people who really, who really need to hear his voice right now. So I hope you enjoy it.
1: First moved to Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> When I first moved to Thailand, I was just interested in learning the language just because I knew I was going to be there for a couple years and I wanted to be able to get by and be able to have simple conversations. I was the only math teacher at the school. I was the first English-speaking math teacher. And they gave me a stack of Thai math books. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to teach or what I was supposed to be teaching. And I had to learn to read and write Thai. I was just forced into it. Through books, so I taught myself how to read and write and then I could look up the math book and I could read it and any words I didn't understand used online resources like an online dictionary. I'd be able to type it in and figure out what I was supposed to be teaching. And so through that, I learned how to read and write quickly and that helped me learn the language much quicker. And then it was just not just personal curiosity, but just I didn't want to be that person that couldn't have a conversation with any of the locals. So.
2: was that? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry I'm recording this now, but I, I I, it's good. Know, I, I can't even imagine being handed all those books and being like, you're going to teach math, and here's a bunch of books in Thai. What was your first reaction to having to learn a new language to teach? Uh,
1: well, I, I taught in English. A, a little background on the program is it, it was a program, an English program in a Thai school, and... I was given you know, the Thai books, which had all of the subjects and topics and whatnot in Thai. It was just another part of the challenge of teaching in a different culture to a different set of students. So it was just part of the job. For me, it was kind of a fun challenge. I'm glad that I was forced to learn to read and write because I have friends that have lived there for 8, 10, 12 years that can speak very good Thai but still can't read and write it. And the other thing about reading and writing Thai is that when things are, I think the word is transliterated from the Thai script into the Roman alphabet, mm-hmm. there's no, uh, what is it? There's no universal, universally accepted system. There are some sounds in Thai that we just don't have those vowels. And so the way that they write them, different signs, different menus, whatever, for the same word in Thai would have different spellings. and yeah. so And so knowing exactly how to pronounce that word, if you're looking at the way it's written using the Roman alphabet, then you wouldn't know exactly how to pronounce it. Whereas if you can look at it in the Thai script, you know exactly what that consonant's supposed to sound like, what that vowel sound is, and whatnot.
2: Does it help though, once you can read and write in Thai, does it help you understand the Roman alphabet too? Or does that question not make sense? The... Like, for instance.
1: <laughs> I don't think that question makes sense. <laughs>
2: for instance, the name P-H-R-E-A-W.
1: Yes. Prow. Right. Yes. Um, I don't know if that's the best. Uh, let me try to think of a, a, a word that would, um, like uh, the word for meat, nuh. Nuh. Is that E-U-A? Uh, Some places would pronounce it U-A. You know, nua, nuh. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those words where no matter how you write it using the Roman alphabet, you still don't know exactly how it's supposed to sound in Thai. So I don't know if I'm answering your question, but for me, just being able to read the Thai, I know exactly what the word is supposed to sound like. Whereas if I look at it in the Roman alphabet, chances are I'll know what it should sound like because I can read Thai and I understand it. But someone that couldn't read Thai would look at it and they could probably get it close if it was a good transliteration. For example, if you were to go to Thailand and read a menu or read a sign or directions or anything like that, some of the words you would pronounce horribly wrong because of the way they're written in English.
2: Do a lot of your expat friends speak Thai?
1: Yes, a lot of them do. But I'm surprised at how many people I run into that are foreigners that have lived there for several years that don't speak Thai. I have several friends that speak very good Thai, conversational Thai to speak fluent Thai and have a conversation about anything. I have a couple of friends that can translate from Thai to English and they do that for work. Then I have friends that have been there for a long time that are even married to Thai that can speak, you know, maybe some of the basics, but very little Thai. And I'm surprised that, I guess I'm not surprised. For me, it's surprising that they didn't put forth that effort. But if you live in Bangkok, you really don't need to speak Thai. It's very easy to get around and do your day-to-day chores, activities, whatnot, without speaking any Thai.
2: Is it part of the the fact that as a Westerner, it just seems like learning an Asian language would be extremely difficult is that a mental perception that we have that's untrue
1: um <clears throat> i think that learning thai so i studied french in high school and obviously i'm at different times in my life where when i was forced to study a foreign language but i had relatives that spoke french so i was interested in it versus now where i'm you know a bit older and living in a foreign country where there's more of an incentive to speak thai I found that it was easier for me to learn Thai than it was for me to learn French. Now, some of that could be from the fact that I've heard that your second foreign language is easier to learn. I don't know how accurate that is, but because you already have an ear for a different language. But I think the grammar is somewhat simpler for at least speaking the basics. There's not all this conjugation that you have to deal with. We don't have any articles, masculine articles and feminine articles like in the... French and Spanish and all that mm-hmm. I think that made it easier to learn the basics but as I continue to study now I'm realizing there are a lot of grammar points that I just don't, haven't learned yet and so I know that you know a lot of stuff that I say while I can have a conversation with someone that speaks Thai and doesn't speak English that what I'm saying is far from grammatically correct
2: how do you imagine you sound in Thai if you're speaking English
1: <laughs> I don't even know how, how to answer that um I mean, what do you mean by that? How do you... <laughs> like,
2: like if if I was a, a Thai person listening to your Thai, how would I feel like you sounded?
1: Oh, I, th- I think, and I've been told this by Thais, that my accent, my pronunciation is pretty good, but I don't think that I would ever be able to... For example, if I was speaking on the phone to someone, I'm pretty sure that every single Thai person knows that I'm a foreigner speaking Thai. I think I sound semi-Thai. Is that... <laughs> Does that, does that work?
2: But it's not as bad as me, beer, here, please, now.
1: No, I don't think, no, I don't think it's at, I don't, no. I don't think it's quite as bad as that. But, you know, sometimes it might be close.
2: Why did you pick Thailand?
1: I just went there for a vacation. And at the time, I was in between jobs, and I heard that it was a cheap place to travel. I'd been to Europe. I'd been to Mexico, so I wanted to do something that it was very different. So I chose Southeast Asia.
2: Yeah, but it takes a lot to stay in a place. So what kept you there?
1: I really liked the country. I liked the people, the culture, the food, um, you know, just everything about living there. It was easy to live there as a foreigner. I'd quit my, my job in the U.S., so there was nothing calling me back to the U.S. I started finding jobs as a math teacher, which I'd never done, but I really enjoyed. And so here I am 10 years later, still doing the same thing.
2: Yeah, and possibly never coming back to the United States
1: i don 't know, I mean I kept saying i would i 'll be back in a couple of years, a couple of years you know every two years, so i don 't want to say that i 'll never come back to the u s but it it 's a possibility that I would never live here again i mean that's i, I won 't say that it won 't happen, but I can't imagine that i 'd live there the rest of my life, but who knows
2: Why not stay in Bangkok for the rest of your life
1: i I guess I don't have any plans <laughs> I think that 's the better answer to your question is right now I guess I could see myself living in Bangkok for the rest of my life, but I could easily see myself living in the U.S. again. What I don't know what I want to do, and I don't really want to plan for that. I had no idea I was going to be there for 10 years. So for me to say I know what I'm going to do in 5 or 10 years at this point would be foolish.
2: How do Thai people, the Thai people in your community, treat you as a foreigner?
1: I live in a very Thai neighborhood, so I think it's a novelty To many of the Thais that live there but they're I mean they're very friendly they're very outgoing uh, very helpful if I ever need that sometimes I can tell that I'm a source of entertainment (laughs) It's, it's the white guy walking down the street you know I get people kind of glaring at me not glaring but staring at me and from my students I've been told that we're respected and loved more than their Thai teachers because we treat them differently and it's just a cultural thing as far as how Thai teachers treat Thai students versus how many foreign teachers treat Thai students. So I think it depends on the group of people that you're talking about as far as how they treat foreigners.
2: Do you like having people look at you as the entertainment?
1: I really don't care. I guess I can understand it because in Thailand, especially once you get out of the city or you get more Thai neighborhoods, they don't see a lot of different ethnic groups when you walk into a store or something like that, you'll hear farang, farang, which means foreigner. And it would be similar to us, for example, in a predominantly white neighborhood, if a Chinese person were to walk into a store and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, look, a Chinese person, a Chinese person. It was really weird at first, but now I'm just kind of used to it. But just things that wouldn't be taken too well here in the U.S. (laughs) I'm pretty sure that would not go over well here.
2: Do you think it'll be weird to not be that person? I mean, that was totally true to my experience, too, is half of being an expat, and particularly for me, a brand new one was being willing to be the clown in the situation. I mean, you've been there for so long now, do you think if you were to come back here, it'd be strange to just blend into the masses at this point?
1: No, I don't think so. When I come home for long visits, people always ask, and my friends in Thailand or friends here say, oh, you know, do you have culture shock coming back here? And I've never experienced that. I, I don't know why. I mean, when I come back, it just feels natural. When I go back to Bangkok tomorrow, I will feel like I'm going home and everything will be normal. And, but when I come back here, I think the longest that I've been away from the U.S. was probably two, two and a half years. When I came back after two and a half years of being gone, it just seemed natural and normal and there was no culture shock. So I don't know. I've, I have had other friends that have experienced that. Everything was so different, but I never did.
2: Is there something about the lifestyle over there that you like better than over here?
1: Yes, and there are things that I like better about the lifestyle over here. One thing, just the day-to-day life, is the accessibility to amazing food. Whether I'm getting food from a street cart or a nice restaurant, any, at any point of any day, I can get an amazing meal for dirt cheap. And it's really, really good food. That's a, I think that's it's kind of a weird thing to say, but I think that might be the one thing I'd miss the most if I ever do move back here how great the food is. What's frustrating is the lack of any urgency. Uh, urgency is not the right word, but there, there's a, a Thai saying of my Rai, which is, oh, I don't care. And it's kind of an easy way, you know, easygoing way of life. And that frustrates me somewhat. I like that. But at some point, you should take a bit more care in what's going on. And, and this probably comes more from a professional standpoint, working in a school, whereas you shouldn't have that attitude. <laughs> you should try to try to get things done in a you know proper and efficient way. Um, that comes from other aspects of life as well. For example, there was construction going across on a, uh, across the street from my house, and one of the trucks backed into my garbage can and cracked the lid, which is really not a big deal. But I went and said, "Hey, you cracked the lid of my garbage can. Can you fix that?" And they looked at me and said, "Oh, it's okay." And all in the tie, it's okay. Look, it still fits. It was just that that attitude of ah, who cares? And you know these are minor little things, but I can't think of any specific exam more specific examples. But that happens all the time, and it can be frustrating
2: because you're used to having people actually respond. Oh, my garbage can is broken, yeah. and the city of Seattle brings you a new one.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a that's a really bad example. But <laughs> if I were to, if I were to think more about these examples, I would be able to come up with some better ones. <laughs> can't right now.
2: No worries. All right, well, um, let me ask you one more thing. How's dating overseas in Thailand?
1: A lot like it is here, very different cultures, but I haven't had any long-term relationships there, which is fine with me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, thanks. Thanks for letting me do that. Do okay. you want to say anything in Thai to end?
1: <laughs> uh, no.
0: <laughs> so that's J.J. Michael, my friend of 32 years. I wish I had more tape than I do of him, but that is all I have. And I did want to say, it's probably something I've said before, but I think it bears repeating. Don't just take pictures of the people that you love. Don't just write them texts or emails or even handwritten letters. Tape them. Record their voices. I believe that the sound of a person's voice is one thing that brings them closer to you than almost anything. And I think that oftentimes it is one of the things that we lose the fastest after a person dies, the memory of exactly how they sounded. So truly, this is an example of something changing for the worse in an instant. And it doesn't feel like enough right now, but I'm really glad that I had that 32 years. And I'm really glad that he left a job in the States that he hated, and that he found himself on the other side of the world from where he started. When JJ first left so many years ago, I found it unbelievable that he did what he did. Unbelievable that he had the courage to leave home behind, but he found a place that he loved on a trip and he didn't give it up. He really made it his own. And I wish he was still there. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Talk to you next week. Bye.